to More Than A Few Words, marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball, and I'm glad you're listening to me, but are you actively listening? That's the question, and we're going to dive into that topic today. And to have the conversation, I've invited Patrick Donatio to come back and join me again. If you've missed my earlier conversation with Patrick, you're really going to want to Find that in the show notes after you listen to today's conversation. Patrick has spent decades working with leaders and their teams, and he has developed a process that is now part of his book, Communicating with Impact. The process focuses on improving communication, increasing profits, and boosting performance in less time. Patrick, welcome back. Good to see you again, Lorraine. It is so nice to have you back. I loved your tips on making presentations and engaging your audience. And I'm really excited that today we're going to turn it around and talk about how to listen. Yes. And you know, listening is a very important skill set. And a lot of people haven't had a lot of listening skills training. I know that my mother told me I should listen carefully, (laughs) but I don't think she ever really told me how to. And I think whether you're talking to prospective customers or your employees, listening and learning to listen well is critical. So where do I start if I want to improve my listening skills? Well, I think the best place to start is how we start the impact process, and that's the intention. So when you're in a communication, whether that's on the phone or virtually or even in front of a group, you want to be asking yourself, what's my intention for this communication? So you might have an intention for um, gathering information. You might have an intention to maybe uh, be an empathetic listener. Maybe your intention is to be a critical listener where you're going to be hearing something or listening and giving feedback. So a good place to start is just make sure you check in with your intention. That's going to drive the whole communication and it's going to drive what kind of role you play as a listener. Okay, so let's kind of break it down. Let's say I'm talking to a prospective customer and I'm trying to figure out where their pain is, are they a good fit for me? What kind of skills should I be engaging to make sure that I fulfill my intention of hopefully making a, a sale at the end? Yeah, well, and you just said a good piece of the process that I think people get confused. Selling's not about talking, it's about listening, (laughs) (laughs) right? And the old way of selling was, you know, get there and overwhelm them with information and hopefully you just convince them to buy. But I think the new way is to be a problem solver. So if you got a prospect, my, my philosophy is you should be probably doing 80% of the listening, asking questions. You're diagnosing before you prescribe. So you're asking good questions. You're trying to figure out what are their needs, what are their challenges. And then, of course, once you get clarity around that, then you can best tell them how you can help them. So questions even though we're talking about listening, we're talking about active listening. And active listening means that you don't just sit there, you're actively engaged. We can go a little deeper about that in a minute, but let's just start there. If you're in it with a sales prospect, A, that's your intention to learn as much as possible. So that means you're going to be listening a lot more. You're going to be trying to diagnose. And then of course, eventually you'll be prescribing. When I think of active listening, I think about what is the person saying and what's the next question? that I have to ask to dive deeper. And I think too often people, especially if they've gone through sales training and, oh, I have to ask questions. And they have these questions that they ask 
even if the conversation has gone off in a different direction. <laughs> I'll, say, I'll give you a quick example. This happened years ago, but I was going to a fast food restaurant, right? I get a cup of coffee and a pie. Now, this is the server. The customer server says to me, after I bought the coffee and the pie, would you like any dessert today? <laughs> right? Now, I just thought to myself, I just bought a pie. So, you know, I'm not shy. And I said, hey, excuse me. I'm kind of curious. I just bought a pie and you said, would I like any dessert? And they started laughing. They said, oh, I'm so sorry. We just came back from the push the dessert seminar. And they said, after every order, always ask, would you like any dessert? Well, that's what I think you're talking about. You're talking about people that are so programmed, they want to stick to the process, but they're not really listening, they're hearing. And so let's mm -hmm. start there. Listening and hearing are two different things. Hearing is kind of um, perceiving. You're not really totally engaged. Listening, you're engaged. And here's the biggest reason people are not good listeners. A, because of course, they haven't had a lot of training. I have actually been asking this question for the last two decades. Every time I teach communication skills, I say, look, raise your hand if you had any formal listening skills training, you know, 60 to 90 minutes. And you know how many people respond that they've had some formal training? Take a guess what percentage of the room. I'm going to go with zero. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 15 to 20, even though that's, that's better than your guess, that's still low. Mm -hmm. So number one, we're not good listeners because we haven't had the training. Number two, we're not good listeners because there's a gap between how fast people think and how fast they speak. Mm -hmm. and, and I call this the genetic attention prohibitor. Yeah, because because I'm jumping ahead as you're talking, I'm filling in the blanks. And the minute I start doing that, I kind of stop listening. Yes. And they say studies show roughly you can probably think three times faster than the person can speak. So, yes, you want to have your prepared set of questions and you want to be present so that you can hear what they're saying and you can then direct the conversation in the right way. If they order a pie, don't ask, would you like any dessert, even though it's on your list, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So number one, uh, you need to be intentional about why you are having this communication. So that's going to drive your listening role. Number two, you want to be aware that uh, there's a challenge to be a good listener, which has to do with a training, which hopefully after today, they're going to have a little bit of training. And, and then of course, be this genetic gap. Uh, so now what do you do? Now, you know, there's a gap there. What do you do? So I think one of the best things we can do is apply some tools and techniques to help us stay present and be a better listener. So I'm kind of curious, Lorraine, you know, you, you, you've been in this business a long time. You talk to a lot of folks. You're a great interviewer. What would you say is a, before I give a tip, what would you say is one of your secrets for being a good listener? I think paraphrasing what I just heard. I do this when I'm interviewing people. For me, it's a little bit of a stall. So what I heard you just say is this, because I haven't figured out maybe what my next question really is, but that gives us a chance to kind of get back to the same place and then they can correct me or add on. And it's amazing that sometimes, especially with a prospect, when you do that, they tell you more. Yes. Yeah. So one good technique is a paraphrasing technique, mm -hmm. right? I mean, another good technique, and I don't people think about this because they think about listening as kind of just sitting there and focusing, is taking notes. Now, you can't always take notes, but a lot of times you can't. If you're on a phone call, you can take notes. If I'm in a face-to-face, -face, you know, Lorraine, as you probably know, I do a lot of coaching, and mm -hmm. I find myself sometimes having to take notes. And I say to the client up front, hey, listen, is it okay if I take a few notes so I can, it helps me stay focused, and that's going to help me also, you know, 
be able to identify what we're for we're working on and I can share back some of my thoughts. So I kind of asked permission. So taking notes is a very, well, is another tool to be an active listener. And we already talked about another good tool is asking questions. Mm-hmm. So in order to ask questions that are really relevant, you have to be present. So you mentioned one technique, you know, paraphrasing or repeating. Uh, there's another technique I call, I'm not sure if you ever heard of this technique. I call it the internal summary. Have you heard of this technique before? Tell me what you mean by it. I, yeah. I may know it by another name or yeah. maybe I don't and I, now I will know it. Yeah. So I find for me, I'm an extrovert. I don't know. Are you an extrovert or introvert? I'm very much an extrovert. So for our listeners, you know, first of all, if you're an introvert, you're probably going to be a little better listener maybe because introverts like to think before they speak. And so you tend to stay a little quieter and you you kind of absorb extroverts like to speak before they think, right? So, so since extroverts like to speak before they think, this is a technique that I found works for me. I do the internal talking. I talk to myself. And so as you're talking to me and you're saying, well, I'm having a challenge with my, uh, my recent clients. They're not really following up on, and I'm saying to myself, are oh, you having a challenge? They're not following up on. So I'm using this gap, right? Because you can think three times faster. I'm using this gap like, you know, my brain's going beep, beep, beep. And you're going, boop. Well, there's a big gap there. So I'm using up the gap by repeating to myself some of the key phrases. And then, of course, when I get to a point where I go, oh, I don't know what that means, then that's the clue that I'm going to probably either rephrase or check in with a question. That is a great strategy because you're right. Because you do think faster, if you're not careful, your brain will go off and think about something unrelated. And so by forcing it to go, no, 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 we're going to work together on this. I'm going to look at the person and in my head, I'm going to be repeating what they're saying. It actually prevents your brain from wandering off somewhere it shouldn't go in that conversation. Right. And again, you have to be mindful. You don't want to overwhelm your brain. So you're only listening for key words or key phrases. And again, once you feel like I'm confused, then you can pause and you can ask for clarification. That's another listening skills. Say, mm-hmm. you know, Lorraine, I'm kind of curious. So you mentioned you're having biweekly meetings. I'm, I'm, what does that mean biweekly to you? So for mm-hmm. example, just as a very interesting word, when I say biweekly, Lorraine, what does that mean? Every two weeks or twice a week? I think it means twice a week. I think semi-weekly means every other week, but I know that different people use those words interchangeably. Yeah. Yeah. I looked it up. And again, I, I think I like semi-weekly, but I looked it up and bi-weekly could be either twice a week or every two weeks. So that's just a, you know, a quick example. But when you hear something you're confused about, you ask for clarification, which is another way to be a good listener. If somebody says something like all the time, it's like, I'm kind of curious when you say all the time, does that mean like, Every day, tell me more about that. So part of being a good listener is being present and making sure that you're understanding what they're saying. And if you're not, then this is a challenge for introverts. If you don't understand it, sometimes introverts are a little laid back. They wait too long before they interject. Now, again, you don't want to interrupt because you hate those kind of people that like complete your sentences. (laughs) But on the same token, you know, you need to be, it's a dialogue. So you don't just sit there and, you know, be like the little bouncing head dog you see in those cars. You know, uh, you want to make sure if you're confused, you open up the conversation. Absolutely. And 
Truth is, I could listen to you talk about this topic for way longer, but we're going to put a pin in it here. I'm going to encourage everybody, if you have enjoyed Patrick's comments, you really need to check out his book, Communicating with Impact. There'll be a link in the show notes. And check out our earlier conversations. Patrick, thanks again for being a part of the show. You're welcome, Lorraine. Good to see you again. Wonderful to see you. If you have enjoyed this conversation, if you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to check out our toolbox. Look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.